Welcome back to Bert on Bluetooth on the MVP Life Mental Verbal Physical Thinks I Do. This is episode 12, and today I'm going to reach back to a story from the college days uh, about a professor of mine, a class that I took that made uh, just a profound impact on me, and it's a lesson that has informed and still does uh, my, my life right now. Um, it really has carried with me that long. And for those of you listening, to put a little perspective on that, I'm 47. So college wasn't yesterday. So that's how important the lesson was. It's, we're talking 30 years of uh, just about wisdom that that professor shared, lasting, impacting, and still growing and teaching me today. So Dr. Barbara Rose was her name. We walked into class and sat down at our desk, and there was a book at each desk. And the name of the book was Statistics Lie. The class, you might imagine, statistics. Um, Already I was a little nervous entering that classroom, taking that class, because for me, um, the sciences and maths and those those subjects don't come as easy. They take way more work, and it did for me, than history and English. Um, maybe it was just how I'm hardwired. Maybe it was the things that I enjoy spending time on a little bit more. But I knew that math for me was going to be difficult. Um, so when I came in and I saw that book title, I was intrigued to say the very least because I'm like, this professor seems cool right off the jump. Like she's almost making fun of the class she's teaching. The moment we walk into it, I can get down with this. So let's see where this goes. And she began to describe to us that in life, you can just about find a statistic, any statistic that you want, or you can bend any statistic to tell whatever story you want. And I thought, man, that is powerful. Now hit pause and think about that in your own life. Where have you seen and where do you remember moments where either you've done it, right? Uh, Maybe in some way, shape or form, we've all been a little guilty of it. Um, Hopefully just in funny ways, not in serious ways, but, or seen it in the world that we live in where you hear a statistic and you're like, that can't possibly be true. And the more you dig, it's, it might be true, but someone's kind of bending it and using it to lie, to build whatever narrative they want, whatever story they want to tell. Right? Well, in as much as that has made an impact and we're talking about statistics, I want to apply a different word and kind of take out the word statistics and write in maybe a couple other words for that same kind of mindset that in as much as we can make a statistic lie, I think even without numbers, we can make a narrative lie. We can make a story lie. We can make belief lie. You know, we can go through a moment, I'll tell you, as a collegiate head coach, you can lose a game. And in that game, Tell yourself a whole bunch of stuff that is going to impact your future negatively and hold you back because all you see is the loss and all you see are the things that maybe you struggled with, that the team didn't do well, and you focus on that negative side of things, and all of a sudden, the story's lying. Because even in the loss in the match, even in the loss in the game, there are wins all over the place if you look for them. There is learning all over the place if you look for it. There is teaching waiting to be leveraged all over the place if we look for it. You know, I I think it's important, not just as a team, but individually also, that the people that we're leading, you know, I mentioned sports, but this could be business. This could be in the educational world, um, higher education, K through 12. 
not-for-profit ministry, other other all other kinds of teams, even in your own family, that we can make the story lie, or we can tell the whole truth. And the whole truth is, you may have lost on the day, you may have not gotten the sale, the win, the grade, the impact on the day, but you have to look a little deeper. And, and not let part of the story lie to you. Like I said, don't let belief lie. Don't let a narrative lie. Tell the whole story. See, this is true. These moments might be true, but don't leave out the whole truth. So it may be true that we lost today. You know, our team lost the match yesterday. And if someone just looked at the scoreline, they would think, wow, we got pounded. That's only part of the truth. If you weren't there, you didn't see how it went down. You didn't see what I said after the the game to my team as we played a massively nationally ranked team and it was a wonderful learning experience. You didn't see that every player on my team played and played quite a bit. You didn't see that every player got to learn and grow and be there. You didn't see that after the game was over and a player that had the, a season ending injury was was walked up to by every single player on our roster with homemade t-shirts of support for, for multiple teammates in, in, in watching that moment. And the scoreboard was off. It didn't matter. It was actually outside the gate to the stadium that the team gathered and went around the player with the season-ending injury and the love. And, and, and I have a picture that will be private to me, and I will keep it, and I will show it to my, to my players that look at the smiles on your faces ear-to-ear grins from the player even with the season-ending injury just knowing they're there for one another and you want to tell me the story is the loss by the way it was eight to nothing and oh by the way we're eight and two on the season eight and three sorry eight and three on the season two of those losses coming to top nationally ranked teams and that's how you get better You put yourself in front of competition that's going to challenge you. That's a whole podcast for another day. But you learn along the way. You learn more about who you are. Is what I believe really true when it's tested, when it's under pressure? Listen, diamonds don't show up. They're built over time, under pressure. And what people look at and discard is the coal. They look at and discard the scoreline. They go, ain't nothing, it's coal. That's coal in your stocking, coach. You guys aren't good enough. You guys aren't this, you guys aren't that. You go ahead and build whatever narrative you need. We're not going to listen to it. We're not going to read the story. We respectfully don't care about your opinion. If you don't know us, if you weren't at the match, if you don't train with us every day, if you don't do life with us every day, because you see a coal, piece of coal, you see a lump of coal, What you don't see is what the pressure is doing, what the pressure is refining, what the pressure is building. And your voice of criticism will show up temporarily, but it will not be around long enough to understand what the diamond is going to look like eventually. But somebody's going to want to be the critic today about the coal and show up to praise the diamond later. And those same voices, we will distance ourselves from because we will recognize them as the voices that tried to tear us down at the beginning, that want to celebrate with us at the ending. And if you want to know how to build a healthy team culture, I am telling you right now, find people that will stand with you when you look like coal. Because when they were with you, standing with you, when the diamond has been built, has been pressure cooked, if you will, it's going to mean that much more when you're shoulder to shoulder with them. 
who you go through adversity with as they stand next to you and do life with you will always mean more than the people that show up for the ribbon cutting at the end that were never there throughout the whole process or worse yet during the process told you how you were never going to get to the end. It's always interesting to me to see who shows up later, who has all the criticism today. And that's what I tell you. Statistics lie. Well, narratives can lie. Score lines can lie. Sales figures can lie. Grades on a test can lie. Let me ask you a question. If you had seen me in my sophomore year in high school when I got a 46 on a math final, would you have guessed that I got an A in statistics in college? Probably not. Would you have guessed that I had to repeat that class as an 11th grader because my 10th grade class was a 46? Probably. And you would have criticized me because you wouldn't have thought I was as good as I, as I should have been. And you would have been like one of the people that, that was in my world at that time that told my parents, that kid's just not smart enough. That kid needs a remedial basic math course. He's never going to make it through this. And my mom walked in and said, I know the whole story. And you know how you know the whole story? Listen to me very carefully. When you know the whole person. My mom knew me and she stepped in and said, oh no, he's going to take it again and he'll be just fine. And I took the course again my junior year and I got an A on it. It wasn't about the content or the course. It was about learning how to handle pressure and adversity. And I grew from it. Flash forward to getting to that statistics class in college. Halfway through the semester, I had a 60-something in the class. I think it, it was about a D average. And a lot of people might think, wow, that kid's lazy. That kid doesn't apply himself. That kid's not a serious student. That kid's not this. That kid's not that. And again, part of the story. And what I remembered was when you hit difficulty, I've been taught how to handle this adversity. I went to the professor, that same professor that gave us the book Statistics Lie, because I knew that that D, I knew it was lying to me. I knew I, I was meant for more. I knew I could do more. I was just struggling. So I had a choice, quit and listen to the critics or double down and remember the lesson that my mom had taught me years prior. And I began to work with a tutor, a teaching assistant. And I think I spent so much time with that teaching assistant getting extra help in the course that people thought that we were dating. She was such a good friend and a good assistant to that class that that student is a, pre, is a student at the university that had taken the class and done well. And that's why she was the teaching assistant would meet me at the library or, or if I had a question, I could walk up to her in the dining hall and ask her a question and was always there for me. And I worked hard and worked hard and worked hard. And I remember when Dr. Barbara Rose called me at my home over Christmas break, she did not have to do this. She knew how hard I had worked and worked and worked. At the end of the semester, I took the final and I went home and I thought, I wonder, I wonder if I did it. Not I wonder if I passed. I was, I was at the point where I'd worked so hard that based on how I did on the final, I might actually earn an A. Halfway through the semester, I had a 60-something. And by the end of the semester, I had worked so hard that my cumulative grade could be an A. And she called me, and I remember her saying, Brett, you did it. And let me tell you the rest of that story. That meant that A in statistics went with a handful of other A's. And that semester, I earned a 4.0. 4.0. And it didn't come easy. It was hard. And to some of you, you might think, well, sounds like you're a pretty good student or we're a pretty good student, Brett. It was just that one class, right? Yeah, 
the year before that went down, it might even have been two years before, when I first went away to college, I failed out 1.85 my first semester in college. By March of my second semester in the spring, I had four Fs in an incomplete. One, I think the incomplete came from a professor that loved me, that wanted the best for me, was trying to just give me any chance. And at that moment, I remember calling my mom from my dorm room going, I have to come home. I can't recover from this. And I have still the letter today in my office at 47 years old in my desk drawer from the university I was attending saying, we don't need your academic services this fall, meaning you failed out. So I've been through it a couple times and I was struggling to figure out who I was during a time I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And that is an intensely challenging time for any young person. And I needed people to come alongside and, and do two things simultaneously, not one or the other. And this is probably a whole other podcast. I needed people to love me enough to tell me. So love me is one enough to tell me what I needed as far as accountability. So love and accountability, not love and clear the path for me and make it easy and not just telling me what to do. Both. I love you enough to tell you this isn't good enough and you need to apply yourself and here's how we're going to help you. I love you enough to tell you you could have done better here and you chose not to listen to the wisdom of a mentor. I love you enough to tell you this. I love you. How are you doing? How are you feeling? All of it combined and always being there consistently in both. Again, another podcast another day. But in that part of my story, I learned that not only do statistics lie, but the story can lie. If you listen to and believe the parts that tell you, this was in a previous podcast, that doubt and fear are the seeds for your future, then shame and regret will be the harvest that you reap. Congratulations, you are human, you are going to doubt. You're going to doubt yourself. You're going to be afraid. You're going to be unsure. It's all part of the journey. But but once you recognize that those are the seeds that are showing up, discard them. Because if you release them from your hand to the ground, they will produce weeds. If you set them in the trash, they can't grow. If you discard them in the right place, they can't grow. And you can replace them with seeds of belief. MVP life, mental, verbal, physical, mental, belief, verbal, self-talk of affirmation and physical, the next steps that will help you get one step closer to your ultimate desired destination. And there's lots of words that you can go to for mental, verbal, physical that will support you. Like mental, how do I see this perspective differently? How do I feel about this? Kind of all a sensing thing. The verbal isn't just self-talk, but it's connecting with others who will support you in that and have a conversation with you that believe in you. That external conversation with the verbal connects to the belief in the mental that will support you. That when you make the physical decisions, when you take physical action, even if you fall, you can get up and keep going. You know, I said to my team yesterday, it's okay to fall down eight times, get up a ninth. It's okay to get knocked around in life, just keep getting up. And then look and leverage, look, learn and leverage. What was it? What did you experience? How did you grow? I taught my face off yesterday and I tried, I told them before the game, no matter the scoreline today, we know who we're up against. We know this is a national powerhouse. I'm not going to react based on emotion. I'm going to, I'm going to teach based on a response to what I believe you need in this moment. And I tried to teach and teach and teach and teach. 
Were they perfect, my kids? My young men? No. Was I perfect as their coach? No, absolutely not. Um, but together, we did life. Together, we learned. Together, we growed. We grew. We growed. Listen to me. Um, so at the end of the day today, on this podcast, I want you to ask yourself, if you're a leader, are you allowing the story to lie to you? Or are there parts that you need to discard and other parts that you need to sow that seed of belief in yourself and in the lives of those you lead? Are you a team member? Whether it is working in a company, and you might say, well, Brett, I have no control. I don't get to make all the decisions. No, you may not. You may not own the company, but you get to make your decisions. You get to decide if, if you're going to see this from a fresh perspective. You get to decide if you're going to sow seeds of belief in your in your coworkers and your colleagues. You decide the next step you're going to take in terms of your integrity. That's all within your control. And even if nothing seems to change on the surface where you are, be careful that you don't lose sight of the fact that another opportunity may open up that you never saw coming because you told the whole story to yourself with positive belief and discarded the things that were going to pull you pull you sideways. In athletics, are you a coach that is telling the whole story of belief and not just focusing on the things that frustrate you after a loss or even frustrate you after a win? You know, I've had to go before teams, and I've done this forever. And, and you know what's always crazy to me? The people that jump in and want to criticize your first mistake but don't stick around long enough to give you the grace to actually own something you may not have done well and say, hey, I've been there before. It's okay. So again, when the voice of the critic jumps on you right away, ignore them. They're not there for you. They're there for them. They're there to try to win some kind of popularity con- con- uh, popularity contest of debate. I've stood in front of teams and said, I watched film and I thought this. Then I watched film and realized that. And I need to coach you better here. And I understand this now better there. And I've actually done it in front of a whole team multiple times over 24 years and said, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I could do better there as your coach. I owe you an apology. Would you please forgive me? Now, if you do that every single time you walk into a practice, listen, there's a pattern of behavior that needs to change, right? But if it's once in a while, I promise you, you have a culture where there's grace for growth. Again, if the critic wants to jump in and say, ah, see, you said this, you said that, and that makes you a terrible coach, don't listen to them. They were never there for you to begin with. They were just lying in wait for you to make a mistake. And that is not somebody that is a mentor, a friend, a supportive piece, or anybody you want around your program, anybody you want around you as a friend. Move on. Their voice is not needed, necessary, or listened to. That's a choice you can make. In education, so... You might have a student in front of you that is struggling, but that grade is not who they are. Understanding what led to the grade is. You know, I had a professor one time tell me when I said, hey, listen, have you checked in on how the student's doing? I see their grade, but have you checked in on what they're, how they're doing as a person? Literal response I got. I don't have the time to check in on every student like that. You want to know how to not connect with your students? That, that, right there. That is the statistics lie, finger air quotes, of the story, of the story lying. The story was lying to that professor because the reality was there was more to it, far more to it 
that if that professor took the time to understand where that person was coming from, where that student was coming from, they would understand that the grade did not define the person. The grade did not define how they were going to ultimately do in that class. It was just a point where that student was stuck because of some other stuff going on in their life. Don't let the story lie to you. Create new belief. Create positive self-talk. Create a positive external conversation and help gain new traction in the right direction. As far as, let's go, let's go to ministry. Are you writing off someone because they're struggling to be consistent in what they're doing? That, well, I can't count on you as a volunteer. You're never on time. Hello, you're a ministry. If anybody's going to get grace for growth right, it better be a ministry. Now, it's not a free pass to just do whatever you want and treat people terribly, this, that, and the other. But go crack the Bible. I won't spend a lot of time on it here, but go crack the Bible and tell me where all the people that were called to great positions of leadership came through seminary. Go show me. Go show me how all the people that the Lord used to impact positive change for generations to come, including ours, all the way to now, went through some perfect life with all kinds of degrees and letters next to their name. Um, spoiler alert, you won't find it because it didn't happen. Maybe you'll find one or two, ah, right there. No, large in part, didn't happen. So today, as we wind this podcast down, I want to ask you whether you are a leader, in a position of leadership. You know how I feel about this. I believe everybody is in their own, in their own sphere of influence in some way, shape, or form. But in the world we live in, we live in a world of titles, Right talked about that before, the tears of titles, and that should probably be a book, and it should probably be spelled T-E-A-R-S. But if you have a title on you that puts you in a position of leadership over other people, is the whole story being told? Are you getting to the good parts, or are you just focused in on the stuff that's weighing you down? Because the narrative might be lying to you. There might be another win within that win, or win within that loss. And there might be multiple wins within one loss that you can leverage. And if you find yourself a part of a team being led by someone and you feel like, man, I, we're just focused on negative things. We're just focused on what isn't working. For you, you have a role as well. Who can you instill belief in? Who can you encourage? MVP, belief, encouragement, so that together you can make progress. That, that's, the, that's the game. That's the thing called life, right? That even when you're about to take a class, metaphorically speaking, like I did, literally speaking, in statistics, I walked in nervous because I knew the class was going to be difficult for me. But the first moment I walked in, the leader changed the game for me because she began to teach me something I've never forgotten, going all the way back to the beginning of this podcast today, that... The, the very thing that I thought could undo me, she told the total truth to me. Statistics lie. And it's okay to talk about the whole story so that you can learn everything and make the biggest impact you can on yours and others, your journey and their journey. Dr. Barbara Rose gave me a gift. And you know what? I might have to write her a note even, even today and thank her because her gift has not just impacted me but if you're listening to this 
I'm pretty sure it's impacted you. Not because of what I've said, because I'm smart, but just because of the lesson that she taught me. She's made me a better person. She did that. She's made me a better husband and father every day. When I think about how to get it right to instill belief through encouragement to take action, it'll change the world that we live in in the most positive, impactful, influential way possible. That's it. Thanks for stopping by Bird on Bluetooth on the MVP Life. Mental, verbal, physical, think, say, do. This is episode 12. We'll tell the whole story and have fun looking for all the wins because they're there, hidden right in plain sight.